Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to Second Chance Podcast. A word of warning, this episode contains details of violence and emotional trauma. In this episode, I'm speaking with Peggy Katu, who lost her son in a violent attack where he was stabbed 11 times. Peggy has made it her mission to provide support to families who have gone through a similar experience in honour of her son. She set up the All Champion Charity, aiming to prevent and protect people of all ages from knife and other serious youth violence. When Peggy started talking about her experience and the loss of her son, I felt compelled to just listen and not interrupt. Let me start by asking you about the All Champion Charity. You are the founder of this charity. Tell me a little bit about what the charity is about and what it does. Okay. All Champion Charity starts after I lost my son, Champion. It took me like eight years to do it. And normally myself, I'm not kind of the person I was willing to do charity or to look after other people. But my son champion himself, he was kind of a young person who was looking after his friends, love with others. So after he passed away, I was thinking, what can I do? What can I do for him? And then I, I, I started visiting family after the loss the son by knife crimes to understand the pain. Then I decided to do the champion charity also for my son's memories to continue. And the old champion charity, what we're doing first a supporting family in loss like myself, because I understand myself in my story that after you lose your, your son by knife crime or any victim families, the problem is you want people to talk to you, but you want people who understand your pain. In my own case, I'm receiving support after I lost my son, but the support I, rece- the support I was receiving, it was give me, you know, when you lost your son, they sent victim support to come and visit you. But the day I asked, because when it was coming, I used to take pills. I was in depression. So my GP is supposed to add more medication all the time for me. And the, the, the person who was coming to visit, he was doing his job, but he didn't know my pain. So when they're coming, they sit down and they'll ask you to talk about your son. But after you cry, they give you tissue and they left. That you leave, you stay with your own problems. And also when you lost your son, there are people around you. They don't love you. It seems like they love you, but they're scared to see your face. And they leave you by yourself. When you stay by yourself, then you want people to be around you, but no one is going to be there. You have, I have families, but they, know, they was not able to come and see me because they see me, they feel sorry to see my face. And me, I need them. And no one understands my pain because I want them to come to talk to me. But they was not coming to see me because they were scared to see my face. And I was living with depression for a long time myself. I refused victim support to come to visit me. 
And then I start to start to talk myself. Me, I start more with prayer because I noticed that when I was talking with victim support, it was coming to me, but they was, under, they was not understanding my problems. The day I asked the woman not to come in my house no more, I asked the woman if she have kids. She said that, oh, I have once. I said, do you lose someone around you? She said, no, not, not my family, not near me, but from five years. Then I said myself, this woman was coming here for two months and she never f- lost someone close to her. How can she understand my problems? Then I asked them not to come to my house no more. Then I, I changed my way to talk. Just the same when I was talking to the woman, I bring it to my bedroom and I was making my head. I just decided to talk. I said, God, I know you are here. You give me champion and you took him. So I have a lot of questions in my head, but I didn't know who to talk to. Everyone I was talking to, I didn't have no answer. So myself, because I'm Christian, I go to my bedroom, start to talk to God, talk to me. Why you done this? Why you done this? So I was talking about myself, but in my head, I was talking to God, asking questions. It takes me times, but then I start to start, I start to feel like all the time I'm going to my bedroom talking, when I leave my bedroom, I feel like my pain is getting reduced a little bit. So I do it for a year, and then I start to have some courage, and all the time I think like that, if I, I'm just cooking, and I go to the pain, I have to run in my bedroom and pray and talk, 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 and then come back. So I start to do that. And it seemed like I'm, I was getting stronger and stronger and my pain was reducing. I'm still having that pain, but it's not like it was before. Because that pain, when you have it, it can wake you up. It hurts your heart badly. And then you, I don't know how you're going to live if you have that pain in your heart. Because you live with guilty, you live with question, you live with, you, you want to understand everything, but you're not going to have, have no answer. And me, I live like that. But when I start to talking to God, it start to get reduced, reduced. And then all the time I feel it, but it was from far. Then I start to think about another parent. As I'm saying myself, if they don't pray, what are they going to do? Because me, the only thing that helped me was prayer. So if someone is not praying, what are they going to do? Then I start to visit. Before I done the charity, I start to visit families. When I, when I go to visit parents, I just ask them, can we pray together? Then I'll touch the parents. Normally, I visit a lot of the time. I visit moms. So I'll touch the mom's hands and then I'll pray with them. Then I'll start to feel the pain. Then I'll cry with them in my prayer. Then after I feel good in my heart, like I've done something good, doing that all the time, then it makes me to make all champion charity. And the champion charity start to visiting family in lost, give them support. And also I try to understand the youth, what make them to kill. Then I went to prison, I visiting youth prison. In youth prison, I noticed that when I went there, I was talking to the man's story. It was like in the room, there was like 20 or 30 youth under 18. They done crime, then prison. When I was telling them my story on the day, I noticed they come back to me after. There was one, I think I remember one left the room. He said that he was not able to stand in the room to listen to me because he feels so pain. He left the room. But the others, they was there, look at me. And when I finish, they give me a lot of hug. There were some of them coming to me, say that, oh, I stabbed someone, you know. I, done, I stabbed three people. I done this, I done this, I done this. Then I tell them, you know what, you can change. Everyone deserves a second chance. You can have a second chance. You can do better. And this, I remember one boy said to me that, you know, I'm the first boy in my family, but my mom want, don't want to tell his family that I stabbed someone. I said, you know why your mom doing that? Because no parents want to have a son like a criminal, except when you kill someone or you stab someone. Because people, they will talk and your mom should feel like she didn't do nothing to raise you. She didn't raise you properly. You didn't have a good education. That's why they don't want to talk that you are in prison. He said to me, even my brothers, they don't know that I'm here. I say, yes, because your mom has to keep it secret. It's not something good. No, no one is proud. And he said to me, auntie, you know when I live here, I will change. I say, I will love you to change. And when you change, when you come back, when you come out, come and see me, and then I'll help you. We can do that together. So when I come up in the prison, I noticed that I done something very good. I was so proud. And I know in my heart that these young boys, they stab someone. Maybe they kill also someone. But in my heart, talking to them, telling them my story to understand my pain. And before I forgot, there was one boy in the prison. He asked me a question before. He said to me, when I finished the talk, he said to me, but don't you see that if your son champion had a knife that day, he would protect himself. 
And then I ask him, think about if champion was here, if God, can, if God give champion second chance, you think my son is going to go back to that fight? The way I'm suffering here, champion will never do that. He has so much love for me and his, his, his family will never leave us like this. So you, nothing is not going to save nothing. But he said, I said to him that if you are champion, God give you a chance to come back to life. Why are you going to change for your life? He said to me, me, if I come back, I'll bring a knife. I'll stop everyone was involved. Then I said that, okay, I understand that your anger is too deep and there's nothing I can do about it. But me, when I was in the courts, I was happy to be champion's mother than be the boy's mother's. Because they was there, but I was feeling sorry for the families. But I was proud to be my champion's mom on the day when I was in the courts. And that's why we stay in my mind forever. You talked about, you know, victim support coming after the incident and the, the, the support and the advice and the conversations you were having with them didn't alleviate your pain, that your pain was too deep for somebody not to be able to kind of work with you. And you, you also mentioned that, you know, family and relatives who came along, they just, it's a difficult thing, isn't it? How do you comfort someone who's suffering from such deep pain? You know, it, they can't take that pain away from you. Uh, and it's awkward because what do you say? How do you try and comfort somebody? You can do the best you can, but it's very difficult. And so you found comfort in other mothers and other families who had lost their own child to knife crime or some other form of violence that took their kid away from them sooner than than should have happened. And that's why you set up the charity so that you could work with other mothers and other families to educate young boys. And that's why you you started to go into prisons to talk to um, prisoners, young offenders, about the consequences of their actions. And they obviously responded to that, Peggy, because, as you say, some of them approached you, hugged you, shared with you some of the details of their own crimes. And this is all driven by what happened to your son. And you were about to to describe the offender in the court. Before we go there, can I ask you, uh, as tough as this is a question, can I ask you what what happened to your son and when you first heard about what happened, what what you did? Yeah, what happened to Champion the day he died? First, I would love to tell you who was Champion first. I want to start with who was Champion because when he died, it was the last moment of his life. But I want to start the person Champion was Champion, you know, you can have like 20 kids or 10 or 100 kids. Everyone are different. And Champion was kind of different young boy. If I can see him the time he died, he was 17. I have a 17 years old here in my house, but it's not looking like Champion. Champion was like a man. You know, like a man who was live for long he have experience. I never see something like a child. You know, it was just different. Champion was, he was very funny. And in all my kids, Champion was the, the funny ones. And he will come to you. Like, you come, if I sit down, I just put my hand like, you know, I'll just sit down. I'm not happy in my face. He will come to say, Mom, are you okay? Are you okay? Then I look at him. Why? He have to do some joke to make me laugh. And all the time you ask him to do something, or he used also to be, if because I have triplets, you left you left him with your your, your you, you left him with his brother. What he's doing it will make them cry. And then I say, champion, why are you doing that? So he want he have to do something between the triplets, and it make him to laugh. It was so fun with everything, and me, I was not happy with that. And I'll say to him, don't do this. All the time I'm not happy with him, he'll come to me, mommy, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And I always say to him that, I, I remember one day he done something and I was not happy and he, I was in my bed sleeping. He knocked my room, he come, he touched my hand, mom, I'm sorry. And then I said, I remember that day I said to him that, champion, you say sorry all the time. You say sorry, sorry. I don't like your sorry no more. You know what? Don't say sorry no more and don't do nothing. It's not going to make me happy no more. So finish sorry from today. Even I said that, he used to keep saying sorry. But you know, today, you don't know how much I miss this sorry. He was the only one can say this sorry. And he was, you know, today I miss champion sorry all the time. And I also remember 
when he, because he was playing football. When he was eight years old, he was playing in Arsenal Junior in Tottenham. He was very good in football. And when he started to go, it was like nine and ten. You want to take him to play football. All the time when he marks something, you have to say that, oh, mommy, you know what? Because You know why they mark? Because of I was there. You know me, I'm just Ronaldinho. You know, mommy, I'm more than Ronaldinho. You know me, mom. You know, they win because of me. And I say, but I was there, you didn't do nothing. He said, no, but not because of me, I was there. That's why they win. So for him, it was big in everything. And I remember one day we went to the park. He was playing football, which is when that time he was like 13 or 14. And they play football. He just mark once, and then, and he said to me, "Mom, you know what? I'm the best all the time. As a champion, your friend also they put some. He said, no, no, mom, it's, it's me. Oh, I pass everything to them.' I said, you know, and I'll tell him that champion. You, you, oh, everything is about you. He said, "Mom, even girls. If he's talking to the girl, then I don't see with the girl. I said, champion, the girl you were, you was talking with him. Where's the girl? Oh, I think this girl leave you. He said, "Mom, can you look at me properly? Oh, I'm champion." <laughs> Oh, he said, Mom, me, they can leave me. Look at me, Mom. Look at me. I'm good looking. Mom, I'm the one who leaves them all the time. I say, You're lying. He said, Mom, ah, oh, you don't know champion now, Mom. You know, he was making me, he was so funny in everything. And the part I love more when he was my mom, because I'm coming from Congo. And you know, people in Africa, sometimes they're calling family here to give them money. And my mom was receiving a lot of calls. For his fa- his family to Congo to sending to uh, to ask her to send the money, and champion was asking my mom because she called my mom Meme. Meme is grandma in French, and she, champion asked my mom why people in Africa they call you all the time to ask you money, and my mom said that because they need money, there's poverty there, they need me to send them money, and champion said Meme, you know what? Don't worry, me I'll be bigger than Ronaldinho. You know, Ronaldo, I'm more than them. I'll be more than them. You know what I'm going to do? When I'll be a footballer, big one, I'll go to Africa. I'll help all these young people. I'll give them food, everything. My mom said, wow, you're going to do that? He said, wait, I'll do it. So my mom in his head, all of us was thinking, you know, we was, we would see future on champion. We see big. It was a dream. And he was dreaming big. So what I, I'm going to add with all champion charity, what we're doing also now, I'm starting to do orphanage in Congo for champion because I notice if everyone, when they're coming around me, they always have to tell me, champion done this for me. When I was a young champion, buy me McDonald's. Champion, if you see me, always give me something. So I say he had a dream, but he never finished a dream. And for that dream, I'm doing orphanage in Congo for champion memories, just to try to raise something for these young people. He was thinking one day it will be a big footballer to help them but he didn't finish that dream. And I didn't know what to do. Apart the old champion here, I'm just doing this orphanage in Congo. I start this year. I want to build something for these young people. And I just, I hope it's going to go well and we're going to receive more kids to help for champion memories. But that Where was- did the name champion come from? Because champion, given the description you've just given of him being a ladies' girl or a girl's boy and a, a, a talented footballer, somebody who's very caring and loving and someone who wanted to give back when he reached that point of success back in, in, in the Congo. I've been to the Congo, so I know what it's like over there. And where did the name champion come from, Peggy? I don't know where it's got, You know what? It's just, I don't know. When I was pregnant with champion, because I was in Congo, I was 19 and I was, t- you know, you know, I have a lot of pain. I was going to the hospital for labor all the time. And the doctor, they were sending me back home. That is no, it was not a good time. It was not a good time. And then the day I give birth to champion, I went to the hospital. I have pain. Then I said to my mom, I have to eat because also, also the, there was a hospital in Congo, they call it Galiema. And outside there was like a shop, they're selling like food. I went to that shop. I eat 10 cakes. You know, the cakes, I eat small. It was the small one, but it was the biggest one. I eat it, 10, and I eat, and I drink three Coke, three bottles of Coke, Coca-Cola. And my mom said that, are you going to give birth when you eat a lot like this? But I wanted to eat a lot. And then when I start the labor, I'm telling you, I have kids, but I never have a pain the way I'm, I have on that day. The same, the, the only pregnancy I can remember and the pain, it was champion pregnancy. Because that pain, I remember I was crying. My mom was laughing on me because I was crying, but there was no tears in my eyes. I even finished to cry and I started to sing. 
because the pain was too much. I was singing gospel song because the pain was too much. And I cry and sing. My mom was laughing. My mom said that, um, I wish I can help you and take your pen so we can, you know. And I said to my mom, see, if my mom talking, I'll scream again. So when Champion was born, the correct name to give him was Champion. He was a champion because I didn't believe that he would give me a lot of pain. And when he come, he, he, when I give birth to him, he was so cute. And I see him like a strong baby. Then I give him champion, just like that. He just come like that. And then you obviously came to the United Kingdom and, and champion started his life here. And, and as you've described, he was a talented footballer, no doubt doing good at school. Um, you know, he had his whole life ahead of him. And then when he was 17 years old, there was that fatal incident. Talk me through what happened when you, you obviously received a phone call or somebody told you something tragic had happened. Can you walk me through what happened and then just describe to me, Peggy, what happened from that point on in terms of the individual that was later apprehended and tried and and convicted? Yes. I remember that day, if I start to remember that, it's just like it was yesterday. All the time I got this question, it seemed to me like I can, it was, it happened yesterday. I remember I was, I went to pick up my triplets in school and I was open the door. I saw a missed call on my phone. My daughter called me. And when I pick up, you know, I saw a missed call and then I called my daughter's back. I asked her, I saw a missed call. Did you call me? She said, Mom, I don't have credit. I cannot call you. I said, but I saw you miss call. She said, no, I didn't call you. Oh, then I hung up. No, I was leaving to pick up the, the boys. Then when I come in, only like 20 minutes after, I'm receiving a text message. She said, Mom, call me back. Then I call her. She said, Mom, this tab champion. I said, what do you mean this tab champion? He said, she said, this tab champion, Mom. Then I was calm. I said to her, you know, sorry for this. I want to I wanna tell you something about the day. On the, the day champion died, I was starting in the morning. I wake up, sorry. I think that will make my old days because I have old picture of the day. When I wake up on the day, you know, there's a day you wake up, you feel so tired. But I remember I done my hair. I done ponytails in my head that day. And I was putting gospel song all day. I remember even the song I was singing all day. And when it was one o'clock, there was a big wind outside. And my fence outside fall down in my garden. Like I said, three o'clock, I was leaving my house. I see my, son, my daughter miss call. Then I call her. She said that she didn't call me because she don't have credit. Then I pick up my troopers back. We come back home. Then I saw her text me. She said, I have to call her. Then I call her. She said to me, this tab champion. I was so in peace. Then I said to my daughter, which hospital is champion? She said, mom, I don't know. I'm, I'm going with my friends. I'll, I'll tell you more. Then I said to her, call me back. I'll get you. I'll change the boys. Then I'll go to the hospital. And then she called me again. She said, mom, apparently it's bad. She called me now with it. She used a friend, a friend the phone number to call me. She said that mom, it's very bad. I'm with my friends now. They cannot let us. We are in Upton Park, but they cannot let us because it's very bad. Then I said to her that, okay. She said, mom, why you say okay? I said, no, okay, I'm coming now. I'm on my way. I will leave the house now. Tell me which hospital they take him. I was driving to 812. Then she called me again. She said, mom, champion gone. I said, in which hospital? She said, mom, champion died. Then I said, what do you mean he died? For me, she didn't understand what she's talking about. Died. And why death have to be so easy like that? Why someone was never sick and never stayed in the hospital with him? He didn't have no issue with his health. Die. It didn't make sense in my head. Then I parked my car in the petrol station in 812. Then I said to him, I asked her again. She was screaming. I said, stop screaming. What happened? She said, mom, champion died. And when she just repeated that again, 
I see darkness. You see what is, I don't know, this, I don't know, you're traveling Africa. I don't know if you travel in Africa. If, I have. Yeah, if it's going to rain. You know the rain when it's coming in Africa, like it's dark because the big rain is coming. So that darkness, that's what I saw. Everything was like, like there was a big rain. Uh, in my head, I said, that's the end of the health. What they say that the hand is going, you know, the, the world is going to end. Or for me, that day was the, 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 the world is not going to, is a hand on the day because that darkness, I never see that darkness like that. The darkness was too much. So for me, it was like the world stop and nothing is going to happen. Like tomorrow is not going to be tomorrow no more. The world is finished today. And then I continue to drive. But in my head, in my heart, I was saying, death cannot be easy for my, for champion. And for my head, in my heart, if champion is there, if he, know, he hear my voice, he will stand up. That death will never be impact for champion. The way he loves me, the way he always come to me, mom, are you okay? So if I go and I touch him, I call him, he will stand up for me. So I didn't take that death. I didn't understand it properly. Then I went in the place in Catherine Hall where my daughter, she was. And the police, they said to me, you cannot go. I said, my son is there. I have to go. Champion don't know how to pray. That I was telling the police officer. I said, my son don't know how to pray. He loved me to pray with him. So if I go there, I touch him. It will wake up. So let me touch him and let us pray. The police said that he can, you cannot go. Sorry, you have to go to the police station. I said, but he need me. He said, we cannot let you. You, you cannot. Then, okay. I said, okay. But I didn't still believe that champion died. Then I went to the police station just because where he died, he was just like three minutes walk from the police station. I went to the police station and they said to me, oh, yeah, someone died, but we don't know if he's your son. We have, you have to give me, is your son had tattoo, anything? And my, dad, my son, my daughter started to explain that champion have, you see this one, this tattoo. My daughter said that champion has this tattoo, but me, I didn't know that champion have this tattoo. They call it like uh, the choosing one. Is it two hands and with uh, a prayer, someone is praying. My daughter said the champion has that here on his, what do you call this? Chest. Yeah, champion has his tattoo on his chest. But I didn't even know. And it was two hands with prayer. She explained to the police officer. And the police officer left the room. He went. And a few minutes, the police, of police officer come back. He said, I'm sorry, but he's champion. On that time, with all this darkness, all this like uh, it's gonna rain or everything, I was not understand. Then understand that they said that he was champion. And I know in the room they put us, there was a wee small window, and me, I stand up in the window because the place champion died was behind the police of police station. So I was screaming champion's name. I said, champion, champion, wake up. Because in my head, I know that when I'm doing that. He will hear my voice and he will stand up. He will stand up for me. Then I was screaming, champion, 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 wake up, champion. And when I was screaming like that, I was looking at the sky. He's like, God, don't take him. Then I said, champion, don't go. God, champion. I said, God, I want champion. I was screaming. And people didn't start to stop me. And I wanted to see him. But no one ever let me to see him because the police, they come to me, they say, if your son, be, his body become the corona body, you cannot go and touch him because if you go there, we need the evidence, everything. And I wanted to go see my son on the day. Until today, in my head, I'm still thinking, I wanted to do, to take that chance to go touch him and pray for him. In my head, in my heart, I feel like, if I, I wanted to do it, so for me to know that I prayed that God, God didn't do nothing and champion didn't want to wake up. But because I have that chance to do it, I feel like I missed something. 
really means something. I wanted to touch him. And after that, it they took the gift. I, I was asking the police that I want to see his body. They let me see. They let me to see my son three days after, and we went to visit his body in the corona, and they never let me to see to touch him because there was a glass. We was in another room, and champion was there. They put a lie down, and I was asking why he didn't cut his hair because his hair. I said. Oh, he loved to cut his hair. Why didn't he cut his hair properly? He lied down there. And I'll call him again. I was calling him. And then I said, I know that he died because he was not waking up. He never wake up anyway. Yeah, that's the last time I saw my son behind the glasses. Calling his name. That's the boy who used to come to me, tell me, Mom, are you okay? Mommy, I'm sorry. Mom, touching my hands, talking to me, making me laugh. Say all the sorry to me all the time. Ask me to order Chinese for him and his friends. When I call him, where are you? I'm playing game with my friends. Mom, can you order Chinese for us? And that's the boy I was calling him on the day. He never stood up. So he, he was gone. And I hear after that they stabbed him 11 times. They say they stabbed my son 11 times. They say they stabbed him in the head, in the chest, in the leg. And I wanted to understand why this boy had done this to him. After one week, I wanted to know. They said to me there was boy in people this time champion their boy from customer house. And I remember that customer house when I moved to UK. That's the place I used to live. The same roads I used to live. And then I said, why this boy for customer house, he can kill my son? What champion can done for them, for them to do that to him? It was only after one week champion died. So I decided, me and champion girlfriend, I took my car. I see, have, I was having a lot of questions. So I was thinking these kids, they can be no more kids. When you ask them, why you done this? They can tell you anything. So I drove. I didn't tell no one. I just take champion's girlfriend. I said, let's go. I'll go to this customer house to ask this boy in customer house. Why did I do my son? And when I went to customer house, I parked my car in the hood. I saw a young boy was using his bike. I asked him, he was in his bike and with, he was using his phone. I asked him, do you know champion? The boy looked at me. I said, I'm champion's mom. And they said to me that the boys here in customer house, they killed my son. Do you know what champion done to them? The boy just looked at me, he left. But I saw him using his phone and calling. After three minutes, there was a group of young boys with masks. They coming to my car. I didn't know what to do. And my son's girlfriend, champion's girlfriend, shouted. She's screaming, Peggy, drive. Then I drive my car. When I come back, I tell the police, the police said to me, Peggy, you're not supposed to do this. You think these kids, they are no more kids. They're not no more kids. You don't do that. But I said, I wanted to have answer. They said, no one's going to give you this answer. We have to do the investigation to find out for you. And I tried to find out with champion's friend because the dead champion found that he was with his friends. I even asked his friend to tell me what happened because his friends, they stabbed him tw twice, but he was fine. But champion, 11 times. And then I tried to ask his friends, can you tell me? His friend never said anything to me, never explained to me what happened to my son. And that's the way we stay like that for, he take the police. One of the boy, I think, he, he ran away from Selusha. One of the boy, because I didn't know the boy's names, but they say one, he, was, he, was, he went, he went, he traveled two days after champion died, he went to Selusha. The two boys, they was in custody, the police, they left them, they do investigation. So we wait, champion died in 2013. And they, we have the court in 2017. The police, they bring the boy from Selusha. And in my head, for all this time, I was just thinking, I want to know why they stabbed my son, because no one ever said anything. My son's friends never said anything to the police, never talked to no one, never said to us what happened. But he was Champion's best, best friend. And Champion was even calling me his young brother, because Champion was 17, he was 16. So no one ever said anything to us. And in the court, I was expecting to understand. But you know, I lost my son in 2013. I went to the court in 2017. The day I went to the courts, even now, I'm trying to give my support to the parents They go to the courts. 
because the court is the worst place parents who lost their son can be. Meeting all these criminals people and listen for all the evidence. One they're telling you, you cannot show your emotion. You cannot do anything. The court, it was the worst place for me to be. Because I was thinking all the time when I go to the court, I'll say, the next day I'm not going to come. Because I was come out with headache. But if it's coming next day, I have to go. Because for me, if I'm not going, it's like I'm letting champion down. I need to be there. But the court was very terrible. This body was laughing on me. There was two boys. I remember when I, I put my, when I get in the courts, when I saw, I was trying to see the boys' faces. The place I was sitting that I can see them properly just was there in the left. So when I look at them all the time, the one who come from Selusha, he never looked at me in my eyes and he didn't sit down with his friends. They was like two together and he was apart. And the boy was reading the Bible in the courts. I remember that boy when I see him in the court, when I went in the court, I saw him reading the Bible. In my heart, I feel forgiveness for that boy. I don't know, I feel sorry for him because for him to come to the Iran away from Selusha, coming back, bring him back to UK, and he was reading the Bible in the courts, and he was separate with friends. I feel peaceful with this boy. I don't know why. But when the court starts, all this boy, when they bring the evidence, for champion, you know, because the corona come was planning the wounds, the champion were making die, they were planning everything. And these two boys here, they was laughing. They even look at my face laughing. And I was sitting down there with pain and look at them. They Sometimes they offer them, you want to drink water? They give them, you know, they ask them, you know, in the court, this, because they're human. Champion is not human no more. It's not living no more. So they, they treat them like human. And us parents, because you just see them, they want to treat them. This boy, they were sitting down laughing. I even remember one day, one of the boys, they want to become in prison to come to the court. There was a traffic. I remember this, the judge said to him that, oh, we are sorry for you to wait for long in the traffic, but we appreciate that you are here now. Then all oh, this excuse they're making, my head is just thinking, but this is the people who done this that my son. They got all these respects. They're talking to them. And after, and when the court finished, because they have the parents, they was coming to also watching the court. So you see this boy, you know, say hello to the parent, ask the mom, call me, call me. Then I just, I'm just sitting on the court and looking. I see they're so happy to see the family. Even they done something. But they're happy to see the moms, the siblings. And me, I was there empty. The only thing I saw in the court this boy, they asked they ask the two boys the question, did you know? They asked one the question, did you know champion? One said that I never have any problem with champion. I saw him. He used to play my school and champion school. He was playing football together. And champion school was coming to play football in my school. So that's why I know him. But why you have a fight with champion? He said, I didn't have a fight with champion. I had problem with his friends, but I didn't have no problem with champion. The boy who started my son, they asked him, do you know champion? He said, I know if by YouTube, when he was making his music. Even me, I didn't know that my son was making music. I know champion was making music after he passed away. I never knew that champion also was about football. He also liked music. I didn't know about his music life. So the boy said that's enough champion for his music. And the fat boy, they call in the courts to ask him a question. That's the boy coming from Seleucia, the one who have the Bible. The boy come when he passed, he said that the first time I saw champion, it was the same I was having a fight with him. He said, and that's the boy, that's, this boy never know my son. He had a fight with champion, but they never met before. And this is the boy who helped me to understand the story for what happened to my son on the day, but not my son's friends. The boy said in the courts, he said, we, I, we, I went to, we, I went, me and my friend, we were supposed to take one of the boy in the group, supposed to go, the boy who stabbed my son, he's supposed to go to, for them, he had a bell with the police, he's supposed to go sign in the police station. He said, we saw champion and his friends, and we decided to go off in the cab and to attack them. 
So when Japanese friendly was coming, they start to attack attacking them, calling them names, insulting them. And Trump and his friends, they ran. Because they saw three boys. I think they know the boys. And they ran. And before the boys start, we saw in the camera, the camera, because they stopped Champion in front of the school. And the school camera showing that the way this boy, they attack Champion and Champion is, and his friend, they ran. And it take like, when the Champion and his friend, they ran, this boy also went. They was going back. And Champion's friends, because he didn't like it, he decided to go back for the fight. But because my son, he was this kind of person, he loved to protect everyone. Champion, it's, the camera showed that champ, it takes champion one, 50 seconds, one minute for champion to go back, to back up his friends. So his friend decided to go back to the boy by himself. The boy was leaving already. He go back after them and champion follow him after. It takes champion time to go back to his friends. And when the fight starts in the camera, we saw this boy that was using the belts. The fight starts with the belts. They bring, they removing the belts start to use the belt on champion and his friends. And in the camera, I saw my son have a fight with two boys in the camera. In the camera, I also saw my son. I didn't see my son's friends a lot. I think my son's friend was fighting with one boy. Champion was fighting with the boy who went for Selusha and the one is in prison now. He was fighting with these two boys. And after we saw in the camera... This boy, somewhere, there was a van. We don't know what happened behind the van. We saw these three boys coming, left the scene, and champion come out. I saw my son standing. There was a car crossing the road. It was coming. The car was coming in the road. And we saw champion standing. He waited the car to pass, and he was passing, but he was not walking properly. Because they stabbed him in the leg. We saw Champion crossing the road and we saw him fell in the floor. I think that was the last moment because I remember I asked the police if they can explain to me when they're talking to him, what's the last thing Champion says? The police, my family liaison officer said that the police was there. They said that when they asked Champion his name, they say when they came, they ask him his name. They say he gave his name, his date of birth. He gave his address. Then he left. He went. He didn't wake up again. They said they tried to save him for 40 minutes. But they didn't. They was not able to save him. And in the court, this boy from Selusha, in the court, this boy from Selusha, is the one who said to us that I think it's the time for me to say the truth. He said, when I, ran, I, I went to Lucia, now I'm a parent, I have a baby, and I'm happy to be here in the court today to say the truth for what happened on the day. And I believe that champion family deserve to know the truth. I was so happy when he said that. And the boy said that I never had any problem with champion. I just fight with champion. He said, somewhere champion was beat me. And my friends, he was the one who was stabbing. He was not fighting. Champion was fighting with me. And he was coming behind Champion to keep stabbing Champion. He was the one who gave the name of the boy who was stabbing Champion. He said, Champion, he was fighting with me. That's why he didn't, he didn't feel the stabbing. Because he was fighting him and his friend was stabbing Champion. And that's the boy who tell us the truth. And was it his evidence? I, I, I've allowed you, Peggy, to, to talk your story because this is your story and I feel your emotion. I mean, I can see the emotion and I'm so sorry that, um, you're having to relive this to, to share your story. But I do want to say that uh, I hope that your story and what happened to your son and the experience that you've gone through and your family have gone through will educate, inform and give people an insight. Um, one, to try and stop other young kids thinking that they can just go in this world doing the things that they do without there being consequences, consequences like what happened to Champion, consequences of going to prison. 
and consequences of the suffering that you are still going through today through the loss of your son. And I hope that somewhere you find comfort in the All Champion charity and the work that you're doing to inform not just the kids, but the parents, the police, the courts, and all the others that need to know your pain, even though they can't feel it, just hearing your pain will go some way to to educating people and bringing about changes, which I'm sure they already do. And this frightening idea of this wall of silence amongst these young kids thinking that protecting each other by not sharing information is more important than bringing comfort and closure to you and other families. And, you know, it's only probably when this young man from St. Lucia was brought back and put in the dock and facing a charge of murder that he was prepared to try and protect himself. But by sharing what happened, at least it gave you some peace of mind to know what happened. Were the two men that stood in the dock convicted of the murder of your son? That's the sad part. That's very sad because... The boy took the truth what happened. The other boy said that, oh, my friend, he didn't say the name of the person, and he said that my friend was telling me that he stopped jumping, and we found a knife in the woods, in somewhere in the bush. He said that we, we, yeah, we had a knife that we found in the bush, but I didn't understand the person who said that in the court. After the jury, they decide that the two boys, they're not guilty, and they left them to leave, to left the court for free, and the one who stopped champion, because he was arrogant to the judge, the boy in the courts, when the judge come in, people, they have to stand up. The boy never stand up once. The boy was arrogant, laughing, do all these things in the courts. But the jury, they give him mass slaughter. And the boy, they charge him for 14 years only. But you know, in this country, well, I don't know why now they start to change things. But when it happened in 2017, this boy, when they put him in court for 14, 14, 14 years, he's only going to do seven years. So so the the one who gave evidence was acquitted and he walked out of the court. That's all of them. They woke up for free. They left here. Yeah. Both of them walked out of the court. So the one who was yeah. convicted of manslaughter and sentenced to 14 years, he didn't go back to prison to serve that sentence? No, okay. The two boys, the one coming from Seleucia and the other boy, they go for, they left them in the same day to leave. But the one who stabbed my son 11 times, they give him mass slaughter and they charge him for mass slaughter for 14 years. So there were three guys in the dock. Yes. The, right. And the one who did the stabbing got 14 years, but the other two were acquitted and went yes. home. Yes. That brings no comfort because 14 years for the death of your son is no uh, a retribution and no justice. Um, no, there was no, there's no justice. And in 2020, last year, we found up in the Instagram, this boy in prison, he stabbed my son 11 times, he's celebrating champion's death in this Instagram. We have picture, we got picture, I'll send it to you after if you want. This boy, is said in his page in Instagram, this is the dance I was dancing when I win the case in Old Bailey for Champions Medal. It is in celebrating the case. I try to give to the police to check it. They come to my house. I've done the statement, but nothing happened till now. I don't know. The boy is there celebrating my son's death, celebrating the way he win the case. The boy was arrogant. Is win the case and it's gonna do 14 years, which is gonna do half. It's gonna come out and you didn't learn nothing and you didn't change nothing. And the system, it didn't even care about the system because for him, for, for them to give him mass slaughter and for him to be there for half years, it's gonna be so for him, it's gonna be like he win, he celebrates, he win the case. Of course, he win the case because mass slaughter. He made my son 11 times. It's not even once, two, but 11 times. And the, the one he killed Chambay was the one he, he stabbed him on his chest because he went deep. Would you know what, Peggy? I don't think we should give any more time or energy to that young man. I think this is about your son. This is about your life and the celebration of what you're doing in your son's legacy. Those young boys 
who have not embraced their responsibility and, and, and learned from the lesson. I mean, not that they can, but I don't want to waste energy talking about the young man who doesn't deserve your energy or time. As you said at the beginning of this interview, it's about what you remember of your son, Champion, and, and the lovely boy he was, you know, the, the aspiring footballer, the guy who had the eyes for the girls, the guy who was, as you rightly named him, the champion, the young boy who still lives in your heart and in your memory and in the memory of all those that knew him and not what happened to him. And that's what what's important and that's what we must continue to celebrate. And I think the work that you're doing with the All Champion Charity is so, so important. What is what is your your aspirations for the Champion Charity in, in the name of your son? What is your ultimate goal? You talked about building an orphanage or, or a place of refuge for kids and people back in the Congo. What do you need for that to to realise your dream? I think the only thing is making me now to to try to live my life in balance is when I'm doing this work for the charity. I remember last last month because I done three sessions, which was last month. We done we done July, no, we done July, August, and September. We done the three sessions which I wanted to give today. I done one. It was for the police, uh, the parents, and the youth to have communication because I learned that the communication, even myself, I didn't know how to communicate. So I learned that communication was the key with parents. Lots of parents don't know communication because sometimes we want our kids to be doctor, lawyer, but we don't give them the dream because his life is not only to be a lawyer. There's lots of pe- pe- things people, boys, they can do, kids, they can do. We have to let them and support them with the dream. Like I said, myself, my son was, he had a love for football, but he also had a love for music. So if I knew that that's the things also he liked, I can put balance on his life, but I didn't enjoy him or see him to do music because he knew that music, I would never let him to do it. Young people, they have a lot of dreams, but parents, we stuck because we come in that you need to be a lawyer, doctor, a banker, you have to do this, you have to do this. Communication, I think, is the key for a lot of young people outside there because they need communication. I always tell the parents, if we don't communicate with the kids in life, friendship, love, whatever, if there's no good communication, people looking for someone else to talk to. Because people, they listen to them. That's the people they think they love them more. And that's why our kids, they're making family outside. Because in the house, we think that we're making too much noise. We're shouting too much. And we don't hear the voice. And by outside, they're meeting people. They hear the voice, but they take them in the wrong way. So we're losing our kids because we don't know how to communicate so I give the opportunity to the youth and the parent to have a good communication. And the second one I done in August, it was the co- communication between the police and the youth. Because I also learned that young people, they don't want to talk to the police. Why they don't want to talk to the police, that's something I wanted to understand. But when I done this session, I learned that young people, they said that the police, they don't treat them correctly because of the skin colors, because of this, because of this. And explaining why they don't love the police. And the police, they, they hear that on the day, which was very beneficial for the police and the young people. And the last one I done in September, it was the street doctor and the police showing the youth how to protect yourself if someone attacks you by knife. Or also, the street doctor also was explaining if you, you are with your friends, someone stab your friends, are you going to give them the first head before the ambulance came? Because there was this planning that the more people are losing blood, that's the more, that's what people are dying. And that's, it was so beneficial, even for us as a parent, we enjoying that to know that we didn't know that you can stop someone's blood also try to help them before the ambulance comes. So all these things, when I'm doing this, I'm telling you the truth. That's the thing is making me to feel like, Champions still living. All the time I'm visiting family because now my job, I'm supporting families. I go visiting parents and they have problem with the young people. They don't listen to them. They call me. I'm going to the people's house, talking to the young people. But thanks God till now, if all the young people I'm talking to, when the parents, they call me, they listen to me. 
and they understand they, they want it they want to change and I'm working hard with them and I keep telling them you know what if you're doing good with your mom and your families and you're doing good with your life you you're not only doing this for you you don't know how proud I am for me this is the things my son didn't have a chance because when I lost my son I never have no visits no one telling me anything I didn't learn but I learned after I lost my son so I'm telling the parents don't wait till you learn like me because living my life, we're living with a wish. Even I'm still doing what I'm doing now, but I'm still thinking, why I didn't learn, I didn't, I didn't know about this communication before my son died. What missing? Because I understand that I have communication because I was thinking going to school, church is enough, but church is not educating no one. Sending them to school is good, but outside, there's another life which is outside. There's a pressure outside. But parent, we don't know this life. We don't know about outside. Even my son now, if I say them something, they say to me that, mommy, you don't know outside. Then I keep telling them, can you tell me what is outside there? Now I want to know what is outside. How can I hurt my kids now? Then I'm going on to helping another parent. And yeah, so that's my job I'm doing now. And all the time I'm talking to, like, like you say, we have to celebrate a champion. I'm celebrating my son's life every day. And all the time I'm so proud because I'm talking about his name all the time. And I do visiting all the time to talk to the young people, parents. Don't do this. Don't do this. Don't do this. And it's working good for me. And it gives me some peace to know that champion. I, I, I hope and I wish that he's proud for what I'm doing. I'm sure he is because I know that you're here talking to me you're sending your message to people that are listening to this and no doubt you are making a difference for for your son Peggy thank you so much for sharing your story very emotional Uh, and I'm sorry again that I've you know talked to you or you've had to go down this memory lane that evokes emotions but I hope that every time you talk about your son and your story that it gives you the strength to, to keep on moving forward. So thank you very much for, for sharing your story and being the woman that you are for your son and your children and for other parents and other kids. It's powerful stuff. Thank you. Thank you. And also just want to add that, yeah, if if people want to see what the, the job we're doing, they can go to All Champion Charity and they can see everything we're doing. And if they can see the orphanage we do for Champion Memory in Congo, and there's a GoFundMe account. If someone want to give even one pound, we're just going to help to save these people's life and to keep Champion Memory alive. That's the only thing I think. I think that's the only one dream I want to do to have orphanage and to put people there and to see smile to people's faces, young people. And I know that because the orphanage's name is Champions Orphanage. Then I think that I want to just have all these small champion to raise them, to give them love and to tell them more about champion. So they know that champion gives them the second chance. And I want to be there also to make a dream to come true. I cannot wait to do it. And I appreciate every small help, even one pounds, so it can do something. Thank you so much also for your time. If you want to find out more about the work Peggy is doing, please visit the All Champion Charity. It's always tough to ask people to recount their worst experience, and I just want to acknowledge Peggy's brave and dignified manner. Thank you, Peggy. Thanks for listening to this podcast. If you haven't already, please subscribe, share, and follow us on social media at A Reporter on Instagram and Twitter, or Second Chance by Raphael Rowe on Facebook. As this is an independent podcast, All the support is appreciated. If you would like to sponsor or advertise on this show, please get in touch via email or the Raphael Rowe website. This helps us keep the podcast moving forward. If you think you know someone with something to share on the podcast, please get in touch via social media, email, or any other means you have to make contact. Audio editing is by Audio Avalanche. The original music is by J-Row Productions. The cover design work is by Studio Minerva. This episode is produced by Daryl Johnson, Sophie Warner and me, your host, Raphael Rowe.
Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.